0: Uh, Welcome to the uh, Society of Armenian Studies podcast. My name is David Gutman. I am uh, Associate Professor of History at Manhattanville College in New York. Uh, And I have the pleasure today of speaking with uh, Professor Hans Lukas Kieser, who is uh, Associate Professor uh, of History at the University of Newcastle in Australia, as well as Future fellow of the uh, australian research council uh, additionally he is a honorary professor at the university of zurich in switzerland uh, he has um, in addition to his uh academic position between 2006 and 2015 he was also the president of the uh, research foundation now research association switzerland turkey In addition, he has uh, taught at a number of institutions internationally, including Stanford University and the University of Michigan in the United States, uh, Bilgi University in Istanbul, uh, the École des Hautes etudes en Sciences Sociales in Paris, uh, and uh, he is the author of several books uh, in both German and English, including Der Verpasta Pasta Friede, For Kemper de Noy in Uh, A Quest for Belonging, uh, and uh, Nearest East, American Millennialism and Mission to the Middle East. Uh, The the first two works uh, in German are also available in Turkish translation. Uh, But today we are going to be talking about uh, his newest work, uh, published this year, 2018, by Princeton University Press. Uh, It is titled Talat Pasha father of modern Turkey, architect of genocide. Uh, so welcome to the podcast, Professor Kiso.
1: Yeah, hello, David. Uh, thanks. thanks for having me today.
0: Well, thank you. I, I'm looking forward to what should be a very enjoyable uh, discussion. And uh, let's jump right into some of the questions. Uh, Talat Pasha is, uh, which this book is a biography of Talat Pasha, who is... Um, Minister of Interior uh, during the World War I era. Uh, he's hardly an obscure figure, uh, especially to scholars of uh, the late Ottoman Empire, uh, World War I, uh, and the Armenian Genocide. Uh, he is known to many for, uh, in part, for the way that uh, he died. He was assassinated in Berlin uh, in 1921 by um, an Armenian assassin who was tasked with. Uh, with uh, assassinating Talat Pasha uh, as a way of seeking justice for his pivotal role uh, in the uh, Armenian genocide. Uh, But more broadly, this isn't just a biography uh, of Talat Pasha, but it is uh, also uh, using him, his figure, uh, as a lens to explore various questions uh, in terms of uh, late Ottoman history, uh, the history of the Armenian genocide, the Ottoman role in world war one, but more broadly, the world historical significance, uh, of the Ottoman role in world war one, as well as the, um, as well as, uh, the kind of political philosophies that were emerging in the Ottoman empire at this time that were influencing developments, uh, elsewhere in the world. But, uh, this book in a sense uh, overturns uh, a certain standard historiographical narrative, uh, which tends to view uh, the Ottoman Empire, especially after uh, the 1913 coup that brought the CUP, the Committee of Union in Progress, to uh, full power in the Ottoman Empire, as the Ottoman Empire in World War I being led by uh, this triumvirate uh, of Talat Pasha, Enver Pasha, and Jamal Pasha, you challenge this kind of st- standard narrative by focusing specifically on the central importance uh, of Talat Pasha. So do you mind uh, explaining why is Talat Pasha so especially pivotal uh, in understanding uh, this historical period? Yeah.
1: Uh, so uh, that Talat uh, <coughs> Pasha was, of course, not uh, totally uh, outstanding or super elevated uh, dictator as the dictators that we know from the years after him in, in the history of uh, larger Europe. Uh, but, uh, and, and this uh, might, uh, to a certain extent, explain why one uh, uh, remained, uh, in, in a way, uh, uh, stuck to this uh, picture of a triumvirate during the whole 1910s uh, whereas uh, we can uh, justly use this uh, notion only for the eve of the First World War, that is uh, 1913, the first half or, 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 or the whole of uh, 1914. But uh, the, the, the difference or the distinction that, that we must do if we look precisely is uh, to see that uh, only Talat stood really both in the party and also in the government in a top position. So he was the only one who could really fully profit from this uh, dual position, which was, of course, due to the situation of a single party uh, regime and uh, he was the one who was most uh, in in the capital, so he he could really hold together the the connections and he he could also cultivate and and develop uh, the different connections both within the party, in the government, uh, with uh, the international diplomats who were present. Uh, This makes him uh, very clearly, if one one looks uh, uh, more uh, closely at, at the political biography or political biographies now compared to the others, uh, makes him clearly uh, the, the strongest one. And this is something that is also um, one can note it in spe- especially in the German diplomatic uh, correspondence. Uh, but because Enver uh, Pasha was the darling uh, of the German press and of the German court as well. Uh, especially in the in the years before the First World War, and still in the in the first year, let's say, of the First World War, he he appears in in German sources as 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 some as someone very special, and Talat in a way disappears behind him, but which is uh, tricky, which is not true if one then analyzes the the Germ- the the, the, dip- the diplomatic correspondence one sees very clearly that Talat has, has the main say and and it becomes very explicit in the second half of, this, of the First World War that the German diplomat, diplomats look, uh, see Enver as a weak political figure in comparison to Talat, whom they see as the main pillar. So that's one, uh, let's say, main argument, a general argument. and. Then, if, we, if you look at some sources that uh, have become accessible uh, very recently only, that is the full uh, diaries of uh, Mehmet Javid Bey, the finance minister and close collaborator, but also another CUP and Central Committee member, the Sheikh Ul Islam, Mustafa Hayri, and if one reads uh, these diary entries, then one sees uh, also clearly, and uh, one gets uh, several elements that show clearly that uh, Talat was was the man who planned, the, the man who had the last word, and uh, so this is a second, let's say, element uh, from the close uh, in- scene from the close interactions within uh, the committee. And then um, a third element, of course, is 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 a kind of a scrutiny of the of the politics themselves uh, from the, uh, the from the Ottoman State Archives and, and from an overall uh, from an overall uh, let's say assessment of the politics. Then then again, it is tailored to both in foreign policy and of course most of foremost in the in the in the domestic policy was uh, was absolutely seminal and predominant and uh, so this makes him clearly outstanding in one world
0: well and i think this is this is a, a nice point to see into um a related question which is i think that your book uh adds to this um growing of still somewhat nascent literature uh that looks at the post 1908 period as um as in a sense, uh, a kind of tragic period that starts out in, in 1908 with the 1908 uh, revolution uh, with this great hope uh, for a uh, perhaps more uh, democratic or constitutional future for the Ottoman Empire. And that and ends with the, uh, with the horrific tragedy of World War I and the uh, Armenian genocide that seems uh, just the mere opposite uh, of this, of this hope for a more open future in 1908, and this kind of trajectory uh, is mirrored in uh, Talat's own thought uh, and his own political evolution in this period. So, could you talk a little bit more uh, about that? How his politics evolves between uh, 1908 and the outbreak of World War One?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're absolutely right that uh, Talat is uh, is uh, is a very interesting mirror for this uh, road from hope to to darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, so my book is uh, my biography is is not linear, uh, not determinist, uh, Uh, On the contrary, uh, I uh, emphasize that Talat, in contrast to others, the so-called Eminence Crise, Dr. Nas and Dr. Shakir, in the Central Committee, was a comparatively open-minded, even, let's say, uh, democratic-minded, as a comparatively democratic-minded, young uh, a politician in 1908, um, 1909, uh, who really wanted uh, to go on with uh, parliamentary politics, with transparent public politics, and not necessarily continue the, the secret uh, politics uh, as the, the committee, of course, was used to do since it's underground and what others also wanted to continue to to hold on with uh, with, uh, with their own power. Uh, Yeah, so Talat, um, uh, the the problem is, nevertheless, uh, one must say this right from the start, that uh, the primary goal was not constitutional government Mm -hmm. and the constitutional Turkey or the constitutional Ottoman Empire Constitution, Ottoman world. But the primary goal was to make uh, Turkey great again, of re-empower, re-empower the state, save the state as, 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 as ran the, the world at that time, the catchword. And uh, so uh, power, and this is therefore the very important notion of the imperial bias throughout my whole book and which I do not only use for the, for the, for the Ottoman case. Uh, so it was not first about uh, building up a constitutional Turkey, but it was first about re-empowering Turkey. And this is then, uh, so, and this is, unfortunately, I must say, I, I would have loved to write another biography. Uh, this is also the case with Talat. Mm -hmm. And this uh, makes him then do a turn, which my biography describes a real turn in his political life, 1911, 1912, then very visibly in late 1912, when he turns a radical, a warmonger and and also uh, an authoritarian. Uh, this uh, visible turn then of uh, the, who, who who starts um, after the coup, at the anti-ZUZUP coup in July 1912, which is temporarily successful, and which could have. Uh, which could have resulted in the the very end of the COP. But as we all know, it it ended then in the COP putsch or coup of January 1913 and the establishment of the COP single rule. So this uh, very visible uh, period in which uh, another Talat, to a certain extent, another uh, Talat emerges, uh, is preceded by a longer period of crisis that we we can describe uh, for, let's say, two years or so. It's also linked to a personal crisis. Uh, Talat uh, uh, is uh, taught by his personal doctor that he's unable to father a child. And uh, this was, of course, uh, a deep uh, deep, uh, uh, problem for his uh, fresh uh, marriage. Uh, Yes, so I do not overemphasize this point, I I just uh, also mentioned it uh, as part of this whole picture uh, in which Talat then appears as a a radical, as one who wants war at at all price against the Balkan states, which themselves wanted war as well, of Mm -hmm. course, but generally one emphasizes only this side and not the side of the CUP and the role of the CUP in calling for war in in, in autumn 1912. And uh, a a very important point, and I would also say say a very important argument in this book is to say that in the same period, uh, so 1912, uh, 1913, it is the emergence, the coming out of Zia Gökalp as the, as the ideologue of the COP with its uh, pan-Turkism, which possesses a very a strong force of mobilization for the whole elite. And I, so a, a main argument is the, of the book is to show Talat and Gökalp as a kind of twins, one, mm-hmm. the, the executive, uh, and the other, the prophet. Of the regime, uh, the ideologue, the, the writer, the, the mastermind. And as, as we all know, as, as scholars, we all know that uh, Ziya Kalb until now he's the uh, spiritual father of Turkish uh, nationalism. Uh, and he is really, really a, a, a main figure in the, in, in the history of ideas of, of modern Turkey. And uh, only what lacked, and still lacks to a certain extent, is is an in-depth analysis of goeck in the 1910s. I have done done it as much as it was necessary to shed light on Talat. Uh, But I re-emphasize, I repeat, uh, we must see both together. And both were in the Central Committee. And both uh, played a very important role, and both stood in a synergy. And only this synergy uh, was able to, to develop the power that, uh, in fact, uh, was the reality uh, in Talat's uh, reign.
0: And that's what I find, again, also quite fascinating with the book, is that uh, we see Zia Cup coming in at this moment uh, of crisis and really clearly uh, radicalizing. Talat. So uh, there's a certain dark serendipity there, uh, in which we find both Talat and the empire itself uh, plunged into this crisis. And it's a uh, uh sort of millenarian view uh, of uh, of the Ottoman future that that really shapes and helps to uh, radicalize Talat. Uh, I want um, because this is, of course, uh, the uh, Society of Armenian Studies podcast, and this is also a central um, aspect of the book also, is how do you envision in the book um, Talat's role uh, in, the, in the Armenian genocide? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, let, let's, come, let's come from this point. Also, Talat sacrifices the constitutionalism from late 1912, uh, step by step, uh, for what I call the political messianism of the Khan. Which is a, has a very strong pan-Turkist aspect, but uh, is, is is also a Turkish vision, a Turkish nationalist vision of Asia Minor, which is. Which is uh, the 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 aspect that remains, the pan-Turkish uh, te- territorial as- aspect, of course, uh, was not fulfilled. Uh, whereas the Turkish uh, aspect regarding Anatolia was fulfilled; it has become reality, but was part of, of one whole, of one whole. Uh, which I, re- I repeat uh, was uh, the uh, was the abandonment of uh, the constitutionalism of 1908 and the embrace of a political messianism, which uh, which uh, as an exuberant uh, messianism, but that's uh, normally the case with uh, political messianisms, uh, which uh, which uh, really exalted the Turkish nation and also the Turkish race. But in that time, together with Islam, this was uh, strongly linked uh, during the whole 1910s. And this is, uh, of course, now not the whole explanation for the Armenian Genocide, but it is a very important framework and one that often has uh, been uh, neglected. Uh, There was the strong uh, vision of Talat as a a poor pragmatist of the whole committee as as, uh, just reacting uh, and working uh, for the security of the empire. Uh, not at all ideologically, but just playing with ideological elements in order to mobilize or to hold together uh, the the, the endangered empire. And so my revision of this is that we must see Talat also as a clearly ideological figure at the side of the cult And without this, we, we. do not come to a coherent picture of the Ottoman 1910s. We do not, we do not, uh, we lack, uh, uh, if, if we do not see these uh, these features, uh, the, the analytical power, the analytical uh, insights uh, to explain the Ottoman history of the 1910s, including its impact on a on whole century until today. <laughs> the cult is still very strong and uh, the political Messianism which is linked to him has not died at all. So this uh, said this um, uh, it, 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 this is already very important because this meant giving up the Armenians as the partners of an effort toward constitution, uh, constitutional Turkey. So uh, funda- it, 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 it's fundamentally important to see, this, uh, this turning point of the late 1912. It, it was at the same time the, the divorce between Armenians and uh, the COP. Even if uh, now in reality and pragmatically there were still, rela- still relations, but uh, fundamentally, it was, fundamentally it was the separation. The Armenians only had a chance of survival in the Ottoman Empire if it was based on a constitutional base, and and uh, and uh, so uh, this uh, this turn uh, was dramatic in this sense. Uh, and uh, uh, it, 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 sorry, sorry, there was there was just uh, I, I must stop here. at The inflow of emails that oh, get this disrupted uh, me. Can, can you cut? Yeah. The- yeah, so the separation between uh, Armenian and and CUP goals, as they clearly uh, st- started to 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 be a reality from 1912, is of course a precondition of, of the possibility of genocide, um, and uh, still genocide. Uh, or, or, or a very uh, harsh um, policy against the Armenians, if we put it more generally, would not have become reality without the World, world War I. So still, uh, the, the reform agreement of February 1914 uh, would have been strong enough, together with European diplomacy, if the July crisis and the World War I would not have come a few months later. So uh, Talat's uh, uh, role, therefore, uh, uh, in, in regard, concretely in regard of the genocide, starts uh, after August 1914. And what I said with regard to his term is the uh, Bedingung der Möglichkeit is the condition for the possibility of of a very radical policy, which is present since 1912 in his political figure, in his political mind, but uh, not reality. So it becomes much more concrete, uh, and uh, we see it uh, as with the outbreak of, 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 of World War One uh, in, in which we must again see Talat and his close circle together with Enver, with Halil, uh, and Gekalp also as proactive. So they proactively uh, uh, sought the alliance with Germany and Austria. It was them, not the other side, who who, were, uh, who wanted uh, at any price uh, this alliance and, and who, who uh, in a way, had embraced war since, uh, as I said, autumn 1912 as a very important means to, to, to get power and to hold on with a uh, uh, power position and expand power. And that's at that time, and we see him in the publications of Gokal of August 1914, linked to high expectations of a, of a Turkey becoming Turan that's expanding and, uh, and the Russia that would collapse. Uh, So uh, now, more concretely Talat, we see Talat uh, in early September 1914 already uh, ordering the governors to closely survey the Armenian, all Armenian leaders. So uh, we see that he makes some concrete steps. Uh, which do not yet mean, of course, what then happened a half a year later, but which were steps towards uh, what he then uh, implemented half a year later. So, what happened in the, the half uh, year uh, between these first steps uh, of of, of, a, of a rigid control of of the Armenians after they had? Uh, disagreed uh, with uh, the COP proposal to build up a guerrilla, an anti-Russian guerrilla in the Caucasus. So that was a, uh, already a, a caesura of, of of early August 1914. So what happens is, of course, the, the total frustration of the of the Pan-Turkist expansion. Uh, that was so important in. Kerckhals' uh, expectations, uh, just already in, in, in August 1914, uh, then it is the partial, uh, uh, also it, it's it's this uh, this, this uh, catastrophic defeat against the Russian army at Sarikamish in the Caucasus. It's the partial entrance of the Russian army in, on, on Ottoman territory especially in the region of one so it's, uh, it's, it's it's the the, 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 the specter of, uh, of of a Russian presence together with with Armenians who would then uh, come in power uh, and uh, so exactly the the contrary of what what they expected. And this goes on and and depression, a real depression also, psychological and political in the capital goes on until February uh, 1915. And it's only the first Victory against uh, the attempt at, uh, at the naval entrance uh, through through the Bosporus uh, to 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 the to the capital that gives then uh, the COP uh, leaders uh, Talat Enver and the others uh, a real punch in the sense that they think Ah we can nevertheless turn the situation to our favor. And uh, the important thing here is to see that for them, the First World War was not only about the fronts, uh, the military fronts against the the, the, the outside, but the exterior, uh, but the foreign powers, but it was uh, absolutely also about the, 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 the complete change, revolutionary change, we the Ottoman realm in, in a Turkish understanding, making Anatolia a Turkish national home, a Turkish Urdu, as, as around the notion. And so uh, we see uh, a re-empowered or revitalized uh, uh, a, a CUP Central Committee from this first victory uh, on, on the 18th of March. And uh, meetings uh, that happen then together with uh, leaders coming back from uh, the, the Eastern Front, and Dr. Bahattin Shakir, leader of the special organization and a cent- very important central committee member, a hardliner. And uh, we see then also come uh, uh, letters, uh, the telegrams uh, written by uh, governors, the young governors, the, the one as the cadre of Talat, he, he really had his cadre, and the cadre that went then also on over to uh, to, to Kemal Atatürk after uh, the First World War and went on uh, serving him for decades uh, of Turkey, roughly still after Atatürk's death. So these young men, part of them in the eastern provinces uh, helped, contributed to radicalizing or, or let's say to 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 implementing radical solutions uh, in Talat's mind, uh, late March, early April 1915, so that Talat then finally decided exactly in the same for the same night in which uh, the Entente uh, forces landed, the Anzac forces landed in Gallipoli, he decided to 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 implement his strike his. Comprehensive strike against the Armenian elite that would lead then to the to the Armenian genocide a few weeks uh, later. Yeah, so we see him, uh, as I say, as I said, uh, very decisive um, uh, in his control, starting in early uh, September um, in in, in his, uh, again, mirroring the, situ- the whole situation with the, with the personal depression that he has, and then, in, in a way, again, reinventing or retrieving himself and the committee, as he did in late 1912, with uh, radical politics. And these radical politics would not have been possible without the victory very strongly German uh, also sponsored uh, or, or led victories, uh, victories, several victories at, at 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 in Gallipoli, at Gallipoli and, 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 and the Dardanelles. Yeah, so that put very shortly for the for the genesis and then the the, the whole uh, uh, management of the Armenian genocide is 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 even more much more clearly Talat's work because he was the guy who gave all the the specific orders, uh, well timed uh, one province after the other uh, uh, for the first phase of the Armenian genocide, so really evacuating what should be the t- or the whole of Asia Minor. So this was absolutely under his uh, under his order. And even the second phase of the genocide, that is the survivors in the in northern Syria, in the camps, uh, contemporarily called the concentration camps, it's his Kader who runs this camp, not Jemal Pasha's. Jemal Pasha is the governor of, of, of Greater Syria. So we see him in both phases, and especially, of course, in the first. Uh, um, uh, decisive face uh, the, as the as the real leader of the of the policy uh, and and uh, uh, when i say this uh, i do not uh, again not make him an absolute figure uh, who who is abstracted from the from the other who is who is super elevated but again i repeat he, he has he was uh, he was like a hub a hub of power so he took in the inspiration the suggestions he was the guy who 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 balanced the the different reactions coming from the from the diplomats he was the guy who stopped kemal pasha when kemal pasha wanted to be radical in palestine too he was the guy who understood that he could not afford another scandal but he wanted to concentrate on the armenians so he was the leader, but in the sense of a hub, he took all the different the connections and forces and uh, made his decision out of all these elements that came to him. And were were influential, so all the other elements and other persons were influential to to put it otherwise, yeah.
0: Well, I think in the in a few minutes we have remaining, again, I think this is is a great scene Just to think about um, Talat's significance both for modern Turkey, but also for political developments uh, in Europe and globally in the 20th century. You very, um, I think, provocatively uh, subtitle the book. um, You refer to him as uh, the father of modern Turkey, uh, which in a sense takes that title away uh, from Mustafa Kemal. So perhaps you could talk very briefly about Talat's significance for the birth of the modern Turkish Republic, but again also for uh, the emergence of what you call sort of the era of European dictators, uh, the 20th century nationalism that would become uh, kind of the political language uh, of the post-World War I era.
1: Yes, let, let's start with, with this one first. And, uh, uh, so, with the establishment of the single party regime in 1913, in we have for the first time a, a true single-party regime, uh, uh, reigning uh, uh, an, an empire. Uh, so that's 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 already a première, a political première for the for the twentieth century. And at the same time, this is a regime that is totally revanchist because of the first Balkan War. So which plans a giant, uh, a huge demographic engineering. Uh, in nationalist terms, but again, imperially biased, because uh, a main argument for me is to say all these uh, radical uh, violence would not have happened without the the imperial bias. It would not have happened if they had concentrated, let's say, on the construction of a a Turk-Yurdu uh, in a constitutional sense, together with the Armenians, uh, together with the other, still a Turkish order, but a constitutional Turkey, a constitutional Turkey. Um, uh, uh, so so it, it's very important. So, so the, the contrary is the case. It is uh, deeply imperially biased. It's, it's radical. It's brutal, it's a brutal, energetic style that the German propaganda called it energetic. Uh, but the, uh, uh, and they hold on with saying this, uh, I, 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 I see this as deeply in, um, uh, toxic, uh, politically toxic for Germany. So my book is about Germany as well, very strongly. And uh, I uh, so I would say that this uh, COP single party regime opens the Europe of the dictatorships, the genocides, and the demographic engineering, or the extremes, to to quote uh, uh, another uh, notion, the Europe of the extremes. It's it's the single-party rule uh, of the COP, and we must look at the the, capital, the Ottoman capital, also not not exclusively, but also for the outbreak of the First World War, what has not been done, even not by Christopher Clark, which uh, rightly uh, took us more to the Balkan, but. The Balkans is, uh, is not enough. It's, it's one important step to look uh, at Belgrade and other places uh, with their uh, uh, political, uh, let's say, culture of, uh, of, of more radical in comparison to, to, to contemporary continental Europe, if we make a section of the colonies, of course. Uh, but uh, for the outbreak of the First World War, we have to take fully take into consideration also the proactive uh, uh, politics uh, in uh, in 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 Istanbul. So far, uh, very shortly for the global uh, historical uh, uh, impact and, and weight of 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 these uh, this new style of politics and German. Authors uh, did not hesitate to call it again and again a new style and impressive style and energetic style of of politics that that uh, that, were, that many of them took took as a model, uh, especially because it was linked to war propaganda. So they they looked uh, away. They turned a uh, blind eye to to all the dark aspects. Now back to the question of. Uh, of father of uh, modern Turkey, uh, of course, not alone. and the, the, the Turk still is a father. So I, I do not say I say father, not a deaf father.
0: <laughs> so, uh,
1: uh, one might also say a forefather or at least a co-founder of modern Turkey. It's because of the Turkey, because of the national home Anatolia. So that's the part of That's the war goal, the minimal war goal, so to say, which was really implemented despite defeat in World War I, despite the end of the empire, despite the defeat of the imperial war. This important war goal since 1913 that is making Anatolia a a, a, a Turkish National home, a Turkish sovereignty, a unitary state, this was implemented. Not by Talat uh, fully, because only Mustafa Kemal then, after the wars, after he had won with his forces the war for for Anatolia in 1919 to 1922, and then uh, the the, the revolutionary uh, uh, changes, he implemented it. But Talat. Without Talat, he would not have been able to do it because demographically Talat already prepared such a unitary uh, Turkish uh, home and he prepared it in economical terms because it was the dispossession of the non Muslims uh, and he prepared it uh, also on several other levels, cultural level, legal level. So we see several steps that. Atatürk took in a, in a fully radical manner then in the in the war period, already uh, taken to a certain extent by Talat. Let's, let's mention the, the civil law reform, uh, let's mention the, the new names for, 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 for places, for towns, Uh, Let's mention also the interdiction of of certain languages, especially Armenian. Uh, So uh, Talat is uh, very clearly the man, uh, the the ruler, the strong man who prepares uh, in a a first foundational phase uh, modern Turkey in the sense of unitary. Uh, nationalist, radically nationalist
0: uh, state. Well, on that note, Professor Keiser this has been uh, a fascinating discussion uh, that hopefully spurs people to uh, read the book in its entirety. And and I certainly hope that this, this book becomes not only required reading for uh, students of the late Ottoman Empire, of the Ottoman role in World War I, uh, but really uh, read by historians with a more with a, with a global interest. Uh, and, and to think about the role, the central role, uh, that the Ottoman Empire played, not only in World War I, but also in shaping uh, these critical political uh, de- developments of the 20th century. So thank you very much for uh, speaking with us today.
1: I thank you too, David, for the conversation. You are very welcome.
0: All right. Thank you.